Welcome back to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guest and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on the show, we have Kevin Mubalade with Swipe Credit. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Swipe Credit. How are you serving folks? Uh, thank you. So Swipe Credit is a platform that um, helps lenders grow their cash flow and reduce their risk. And it's done in a way that also empowers them to um, boost the social impact opportunities that they're providing um, in their local communities. Uh, so we're a Techstars back uh, company. Uh, we've got investors such as Western Union and Panoramic Ventures. And um, our mission is to help grow these organizations um, bottom line, but as we're doing it, helping them to be more inclusive in their lending practices. So what was the genesis of the idea? What inspired you to go on this adventure? Um, and it's definitely been an adventure, I'd say that. Uh, so my personal background, uh, my personal origin story is I'm a first generation um, American. So my parents immigrated um, to the U.S. in the early 1990s and really seeing them navigate the financial industry as being um, under the category of uh, two things and filed because of the immigrant status um, and a lot of the struggles that they dealt with in terms of, you know, getting access to um, loans and other financial resources as um, as immigrants in the country. Um, so my background is in data engineering. Um, I've worked in the subprime lending, in the lending industry in Atlanta for many years. Um, and even seeing from my own personal story and then seeing that same um, pattern repeat itself in the data with prospective borrowers um, working for these organizations, I realized that there was an issue. Um, and I think that was really what galvanized myself and my team um, to do something about it, not only to um, help kind of grow these organizations bottom line, but also to help fix a lot of the um, social fabric issues that we're seeing kind of play out in the news uh, recently um, in the U.S., so now, uh, can you educate the listener a little bit about what is kind of this maybe inherent bias that's going on in the industry that they're not um, offering financial solutions to certain groups of people where it sounds like your solution does that? Yeah, so there's actually a study that was produced by Citibank in the fall of 2020 where they were able to actually quantify the um, the size of this issue, it's around $800 billion in lost lending opportunities per year, um, just due to um, be it conscious or unconscious bias in the loan vetting process. So typically, um, lenders leverage the traditional FICO score, um, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, um, and they use that as an indicator of whether or not a person has the ability to pay. 
um, for a loan. Um, but what we're actually finding is that um, there's a large portion of the population that can't be scored by those uh, methodologies, um, you know, just due to the antiquated nature of our credit scoring system. However, um, with these individuals, you know, the top 1% of them um, actually are fantastic payers. They pay their bills on time, their rental payments on time, utility payments on time. They've got uh, mortgages. They, they're making these payments, but the traditional credit scoring system is not able to see that. And due to that, these individuals are uh, rejected in the application uh, process. So now... Um, because of your history, I guess, in the industry and then your personal history, you were able to kind of connect some dots that maybe other people that are more seasoned in the industry weren't seeing or they were afraid to maybe go out into this space and say, okay, there's people we're missing here. They either dismiss it as not a lot of people or because I would think that they're it's in their best interest to, you know, give credit to as many people as possible. <laughs> That's their business, Right. Yeah, so we're we're helping them to reach new markets. Um, it, this is definitely stemming from my own personal lived experience, not only working um, as an engineer in the industry, but also just um, you know being an immigrant, being a, a first generation American, and just seeing just my own parents. Like you know, little examples like both of my parents have owned their own small businesses for over twenty years. They've made their, um, you know, easily two or three thousand dollar a month um, uh, payments, rental payments on their physical locations. And none of that, none of, none of those payments have ever been reported to the credit bureaus. They've never gotten credit for those um, types of transactions. Um, and if a lender were able to see that and see their reliability over the course of time, historically, um, it creates a strong, compelling case for. Um, you know, giving these um, these types of individuals that typically if they're just tooth and filed um, a, a second look. Um, so we look at it like where the tool gives these these lenders uh, a new pair of glasses to view this population and also provides them with recommendations as to um, why they should take a, you know, give this borrower, prospective borrower, uh, another opportunity, um, even though they might have been tooth and filed to be scored via the traditional uh, methods. Now, is this a situation where these traditional methods, these incumbents have been around for so long, it's it's something that's just kind of taken for granted, like this is how we do this, and we don't look elsewhere. This is just, and, exactly. and I don't want to, I don't want to be the one that gets fired for suggesting the new thing when we know this old thing maybe doesn't work well, but it's what we've been doing for forever. Yeah. So it's, you know, people are, you know, we're creatures of habit and we're not trying to replace in any way, shape or form, you know, the transunions or experience of the world. Uh, what we're doing is saying that um, due to these new mechanisms, uh, machine learning, neural networks that are available to us, um, and we're actually seeing this in the data that we're uh, producing out of the platform that, um you know, if you look at women or minorities or people that are tooth and file, the top 1% of them perform just as well as the highest, uh, the riskiest uh, white male borrowers that were accepted. Um, so the proposition is that, you know, and we've, this is backed up by data coming out of Citibank, that there are hundreds of billions of dollars a year that are just left on the table um, just due to, um, you know, just doing things the old way. So we're not saying replace the old way. We're just saying to um, uh, evolve the old way with additional um, tools that can help you make more money at the end of the day. 
So, um, so having this idea conceptually and then having um, tools to actually bubble up who are the right people to mm-hmm. give credit to, that's, that's a leap unto itself. How did you kind of build the machine that allows you to bubble up these appropriate um, folks for the lenders to choose that they know they're the, the right people that are going to you know, pay back the money? Gotcha. So from the lender's perspective, the implementation of it is um, very seamless. It's just one line of JavaScript that's added to their website. And it's just a pop up on their website, be it their loan page, uh, where an applicant can opt in their um, their banking transaction, um, their cash accounts or their banking transaction um, history. Um, so we've built an algorithm that looks at certain parameters such as uh, cash on hand, last day of the month, rental payments, utility payments, uh, mobile phone payments, subscription payments. And then based upon those parameters, uh, matches that to an ideal borrower model um, to keep the standard high. Obviously, we only want to surface up those um, top 1% of applicants uh, because we want the, we want the lenders to um, realize increased revenue growth from these, um, these candidates. Um, and then those are surfaced up in the dashboard along with recommendations um, as to, you know, certain things that, that they weren't able to see via FICO. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, some of those certain parameters they weren't able to see. That's the first por- portion of it. Um, we also do uh, additional fraud monitoring. So looking at the transaction accounts and providing the lender with a report of any type of suspicious activity um, um, on the borrower's account once they create a relationship with this um, borrower in terms of lending to them. And then we also help them with collections as well. So um, setting up specific, um, um, say it's the first of the month or the 15th of the month um, where a bill is due, um, helping the borrower to pay that that bill directly to the lender and then reporting that to the credit bureau to also help boost the credit score um, of the borrower. So it's a it's a situation where everyone who's a part of the platform wins. Now, um, as you, you know, conceptualize this and started rolling it out, when did you start feeling like, hey, we have something here? This is something that can work. This can help a lot of people. Because this is something that goes beyond, like it sounds like your your startup is kind of more mission focused as well as, you know, um, you know, you want to be financially successful, but this is kind of has a bigger why behind it. Yeah, so I think the pandemic really illuminated um, many of the, I, I like to call them like, um, it's kind of cracks in the pipe in the way that money flows in the U.S. We saw this with the distribution of um, loans from the federal government. Uh, many small businesses went under during the pandemic simply because they didn't have a relationship with these financial organizations. There was no trust um, for a lender to provide a loan to an unknown entity when they can just give it to the, you know, the L.A. Lakers or other known established uh, entities. So seeing that those stories um, come out of the pandemic, that was the first light bulb moment. Um, the second. Second light bulb moment after we've already onboarded a handful of customers is being scouted by large, you know, Fortune 500, um, top 50 banks and sitting down with their teams and seeing their own internal initiatives um, specifically focused on tackling this issue. So we definitely know we're moving in the right direction. Um, We've had a very large wealth management firm out of New York reach out to us. Um, in terms of becoming basically that go-to to solution to help them to reach this population group, um, a large payment network. So these these are all things that have happened in the last 
um, a few months of this, this, the top of this year, um, and having sitting down with decision makers at the VP level and above, and them telling us specifically out of their own mouths that we're definitely hitting the nail on the head. Um, this is the right time in history for us to be deploying this solution, and we're looking to be that end-to-end solution um, that becomes industry standard across the board in the next uh, three to five years. So how did you go about building your team? Oh, uh, so my team, my team, my team. Um, so we're we're all we're all good friends. Um, so our CTO, uh, Dr. Charles Lively, um, we actually met in undergrad. Um, so I've known Charles for well over a decade now. Um, great human being, um, um, lethal, lethal engineer, and just fantastic all around good guy. Um, and then Chris, our chief product officer, and I actually worked in the subprime lending industry. Um, um, for many, many years together um, in terms of our careers. And uh, we're all, uh, so I'm, I'm a Liverpool soccer fan, I'm a big uh, English Premier League fan. And uh, uh, unfortunately, Chris is an Arsenal fan, uh, but we won't talk about that. Um, so yeah, we're just, we're just family, honestly. And uh, we're, we come from this community. We understand the problems intimately. Um, and, you know, we've built a solution that we believe will help to, you know, grow the economy, you know, grow the country that's given us so much value and opportunity, uh, many of us being immigrants, um, at the same time, help these organizations um, safely and reliably reach this underserved population group, um, first and foremost, grow their cash flow, grow their organizations, but ultimately create those, um, create, create a better harmony within the communities that they serve by being able to be more inclusive in their practices. Now, was it a difficult um, decision for you to take the leap from leaving this, um, you know, steady job and then going into this unknown? Uh, I am definitely a man of faith, and I feel like, um, you know, this is my purpose in life. Um, So both of my parents are entrepreneurs, as I mentioned earlier in the call. So I always had that um, desire to build something of value um, and not just, you know, work within a, someone else's system, but to build something that can provide value to people. I already had that itch from a young age. Um, and when the opportunity presented itself and it was just a light bulb moment, I had experienced my own lived, my own lived experiences. I felt this pain. I've seen it in my own communities. And then to see it um, really illuminated by the pandemic and to have the hard um, quantifiable data backing it up. It was like all systems are go <laughs> uh, green light to uh, move to move forward with this. And as I mentioned before, I move in full faith and whatever, whatever, I'm, whatever it is I'm doing. So, you know, God gives me that confidence to, um, you know, just just to just to follow the journey. And it's it's been it's been an amazing journey um, and it's something I'm very grateful for and thankful for. Did your um, partners kind of like together you all said, OK, let's make this leap or did you make the leap first and they came uh, along? Yeah, as the CEO, you are the uh, tip of the spear. So I did like make the initial leap, um, but once I had enough proof points, um, you know, my both of my co-founders also jumped ship as well, and uh, we've been we've been growing ever since. Uh, we're actually looking to expand our team um, in the next quarter or so, um, and yeah, a lot of people are really excited about it. A lot of interest from investors, and uh, we're just grateful to be able to ultimately you know, serve, um, you know, the country that's given us so much, uh, value to get, to be able to get to this point. So now talk a little bit about the fundraising element of this. Um, you mentioned, you know, kind of a who's who of people that are backing this now. Was that a difficult, um, 
because that's that's another challenge that isn't the same challenge, right? Because that's a business unto itself is attracting people that want to support financially kind of invest in your vision. Mm-hmm. How did that go? And like, for example, how did you hear about the startup showdown and panoramic ventures? Let's talk about them specifically. Gotcha. So in terms of the first portion of your question, um, fundraising for any founder is, is a challenge um, regardless of your background. And it is, it's, it's its own, um, it's its own sales funnel and, and it's, it's its own sales funnel. You have to be able to, address the needs of the investor who is your client because they're looking to grow their portfolio. Um, the investment that they give you, they're looking to grow that and return um, great returns to the LPs that you know believed in them. So ultimately you have to de-risk your value proposition as much as possible, um, show that you have the team that is strong enough and has enough domain expertise to be able to kind of operate this, um, this machine. And also you have a big vision um, that can return um, the, the, the returns they're looking for that makes sense for their business. So it's its own game in itself. Um, discovering uh, Panoramic Ventures Startup Showdown. I think I was on Twitter, I believe. It was like early 2021, I want to say. I was on Twitter and I saw them promoting it. Uh, um, and obviously I'm a big fan of uh, Paul Judge. You know, He's a hero in my eyes in terms of the, the venture community and all the things he's done. Um, he definitely deserves his roses now, <laughs> not later. He's done so much for the venture community. So just being a follower of, um, of, of, of him and what he's doing, I just kind of discovered the, uh, the ad for it. And I just applied, you know, I'm just put my best foot out there and um, it, it ended up working out for us. So I'm very grateful for that. Is there uh, an obstacle or a hurdle that you overcame that you can share? Maybe you don't have to talk about the exact hurdle, but how you addressed it and go, okay, this is one of those moments where we have to get through this or we're going to be in trouble and then share how you together as a team overcame. Hmm. (laughs) Only one. (laughs) There are a couple of them on this journey. I don't know if you know, but (laughs) Uh, I, I think I've heard that quote, smooth seas don't make for good sailors, or, right? So <laughs> there's definitely a, a couple of them. I would say the for just an overarching theme is the mental. This game is really more so mental than it is physical. Um, having that conviction, as you mentioned earlier on the call, to you know leave a steady paycheck and to go um, months and months and months without knowing when your next, uh, you know, your next your next check is coming from, or, you know, how are you going to pay your rent or your bills? Um, I think the entire journey is really a journey of self-development, self-belief, um, and also just being able to control your mind. I think your mind is the biggest obstacle you have to overcome, um, eliminating self-doubt, limiting beliefs. Um, and as long as you, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're making sure that you're doing the proper research, you're asking the right questions, but, you know, if your intuition is telling me that you're correct, you're most likely correct. So just trust that um, and have full faith in yourself as you move forward. And then typically what ends up happening is the right opportunities and the right people come to you at the time when they're supposed to arrive. And it's just a matter of you having faith um, to be able to get to those points in the times when it's quiet or whatnot. So I would think that your mental, the mental obstacle of the game is the, the hardest to overcome. But when you can overcome that, Nobody can stop you. Has there been a mentor or um, somebody that was advising you that has helped you get here? Or is there 
Yes, um, quite a few, um, quite a few to mention. But the, my main mentor, his name is Joseph. Um, so he actually owned and he 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 built and sold an IT company. Um, and back in 2011, 2012, out of Toronto, um, and you know he's been you know the, my main coach. If you think about this like a, as a sport, he's been my main coach in terms of first and foremost um, the mental aspect of the game. So. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, little, little uh, hacks that I'll just, you know, give freely on this call is um, having gratitude is critical. Um, You have to be a person that has a grateful heart um, and grateful for everything. Just even the little things like you woke up today, you had breakfast this morning, right? Um, If you can keep your mind focused on the present moment, exactly where you are, you know, set your goals in the future of what you want to achieve and work relentlessly to achieve those goals, but still be appreciative of the baby steps that it takes to get there. Um, you'll fare, um, you'll have a much better time as you go through this process. So um, Joseph has been instrumental in re- re- help, helping me to reprogram my mind um, to focus on abundance, to focus on opportunities. Um, and when I do have those moments of fear and doubt, um, giving me tools to help to combat that and just to be present in the moment and um, grateful for where I am in the journey. So yeah, shout out to Joseph uh, up in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think one of the biggest uh, mindset shifts for me is the reframing of I have to do something to I get to do something. Yes. That it's a Very gift, cool. that this is a gift here and that people would love to have this opportunity, no matter how stressful and challenging it is, but mm-hmm. it's, it is a gift. And to have gratitude along the way really helps you through those tough times. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We all have that ability. We all have the ability to control our minds and, you know, not fall into despair as soon as the wind blows or anything like that. So I think it's something that many people are just learning more so about mindfulness um, and being and practicing that muscle that we all have, you know, hardwired into us. Right. So. Um, it's definitely a critical piece of be it entrepreneurship, you know, winning an NBA championship. Um, it's the mind that you have to control and then everything else in your world will follow suit. Yeah. One of my favorite books is, um, the obstacle is the way Mm, I love that one. Yeah. Great read. Right. So it's, it's not there to sabotage me. It's just part of the journey. Just get over it, get through it, get under it, whatever you got to do. That's just part of how it's, it's not a bug. It's a feature. Yes. Yes. It's there to help you. Not it's there to make you not break you. Right. Mindset. So now any advice for the startup founders out there that are uh, contemplating going on the journey of a mission based startup? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say. Uh, so my advice, and this is what I've learned for myself, too. It's like you start off wanting to be an entrepreneur like most people because you want to make money. Let's just be real. You know, you want to make money. You want to, you know, you want to drive the Lambo and da, 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 da. Um, but what you discover, it's that, you know, there are many, many people in our country and countries around the world that really suffer every single day. They have real problems. So I would say as an entrepreneur, start off with, the, don't try and create a, a widget. Start off with the problem right? What is the problem that speaks to you that you've experienced in your own uh, lived experience on your journey um, that you're the most qualified to solve? Start from that problem, start from the pain, right? You want to find that hair on fire pain that you're passionate about 
um, solving because you know that once it's solved, it'll create a better world for people that look like you, for the broader community. Um, start with that, and that will give you the fuel that you need when the times are difficult to power through those because it becomes a mission. It's it's like you become the hero in the story, and you know you are so attached to solving this problem that you'll work you know, seven days a week, you'll be up at five o'clock in the morning, you'll, you'll be in bed by 11. It doesn't matter because it's more of the the, the joy of being able to solve this issue. Um, and then the money will follow you, you know, like the money solves, follows problem solvers. Um, I feel like if you have that mindset and that approach, you'll fare much better um, as you progress on the journey and just take your time with it, have fun. Um, the journey is the gift. I'll say that for sure. Um, and yeah, just, just focus on, you know, just, just focus on doing good and and being good and then good things will flow to you. So what's next for swipe credit? Um, so we are definitely in the process of raising our seed rounds. Uh, we're looking to expand our team, um, hiring some folks in certain roles in engineering, uh, uh, customer success sales, as I mentioned before, we're seeing the demand increase um, in terms of our solution. So we definitely need to shore up the, the infrastructure and increase the capacity in terms of what the platform can actually sustain um, and hold. So these are all good problems to have. Um, and yeah, that's what our focus is for um, 2022. And, you know, just focus on, you know, creating this end-to-end solution that these organizations can use to empower their inclusive growth uh, moving forward into the future. Is there an ideal customer out there that you're trying to serve? Um, so our typical customer segment set is anywhere between, I would say, 20, let's say 30 to 40 million in assets under management up to 5 billion. Um, that's the typical sweet spot that we've seen really resonate with it in terms of the, the product, the need, um, and also the sales cycle, keeping the sales cycle tight. Um, but we have seen, as I mentioned before, those brand names, um, those leaders in the industry um, also reach out and we're currently in conversations with them as well, too. So once we're able to announce those, um, you know, I think that'll help to really, you know, galvanize our growth moving forward. So if somebody wants to connect with you or the team, what's the website? Uh, so the website website is swipecredit.com. So that's www.swipecredit.com. Um, and then you can personally reach out to me via email. It's uh, Kevin at exploreswipe.com. So it's like exploreswipe.com. Uh, so Kevin exploreswipe.com. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, uh, Lee. It's been great. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now.